everyone, and welcome back to Newsies Minute. The podcast where we examine the 1992 Disney movie musical Newsies, one minute at a time. I'm your host, Aaron. I'm your host, James. And it's minute 20. It's Friday. We are a sixth of the way through this movie. Uh-huh. This minute starts with Jack telling David, what is the refuge? Yeah. He says the refuge is this jail for kids. Yes. That guy Snyder, he's the warden there. You were in jail? Yeah. What for? I was starving, so I stole some food. Oh, some food. Yeah, food. <laughs> Welcome so, to our Newsies reenactment <laughs> podcast. So, so passive aggressive. Yeah. Why don't Jack and, and David just date is my thing. You, you know. know there's fan fiction for that. <laughs> oh, man. There's absolutely fan fiction for that. I have that um, the minute ends uh, in the middle of Jack's sentence, and this is the great star... The greatest star of the vaudeville stage today. I have it ending kind of as he's saying the vaudeville stage today and Meta's going, aw. Yeah. But we don't know who she is yet exactly. because he hasn't introduced her. Exactly. But those intrepid viewers will have seen her name on the poster outside the theater. Everyone knows that it's Meta. Come on. It's Meta. May I talk about Meta for a second? Yes, please do. Uh, so she's played by some unknown actress named Anne Margaret. Just kidding. Anne Margaret was incredibly popular. Yep. Her top three, she played Kim McAfee in Bye Bye Birdie. Okay. As like a teen. Okay. She was, as not a teen, she played Ariel Truax in Grumpy Old Men. Okay. So that would be the part where she's the sex object for Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau to lust over. Okay. And then she played Nora in Tommy, um, who I don't remember who that is. I think this is the only thing I've ever seen her in. Yeah. She's got, she's extremely prolific. I just haven't seen her in anything other than this. Um, in Bye Bye Birdie, she's the main character and she's like typical American girl, sort of Mary Sue Lawrence sort of mm-hmm. style girl. It was interesting to me because Anne Margaret is actually Swedish. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh. A couple of other things she was in. She was in the Flintstones in 1963, playing a character called Anne Margrock. Okay. So there's that. And then uh, she played God in an episode of the TV show Popular. Okay. Did you ever watch Popular? No. I looked it up. It sort of looked familiar. The episode was called, Are You There, God? It's me, Anne Margaret. Margaret. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's that's all I have for her. But she was incredibly prolific, though she did a lot of like sort of made for TV movies, it looks like. Yeah. She did a lot of stuff in like the 60s where it was like, she was in this TV movie. She was in that TV movie. I feel like, was she like a Broadway actress? Did she do a lot of like Broadway musicals? I didn't see Broadway, okay. but I think that's a that might be a separate section of IMDb. Yeah. So maybe that I just didn't get down there. I, I thought that I was going to be like, oh, she was in that, she was in that, she was in that. But it turns out she's more of kind of like a name. Okay. Then I always, I mix her up with Annette Funicello a lot. I mix her up with, I mean, I don't mix her up because I can tell the difference between them. But like in, in my head, she and Bernadette Peters have sort of the same career mm. trajectory. I can see that. Um, which like I think Barbara is, Streisand and Bette Midler did with me. Yeah, which is why I think I'm thinking that she's done a lot of Broadway that she may not have done. Yeah. She may have, but I, I, I didn't see any has. to write down. Okay. Is she still alive? She is still alive. I thought so. She was like a teen in the 60s. She's only okay. a little bit older than our parents. Okay. Or my parents. Okay. In Newsies, yeah. I get the feeling that Meta... See, it's weird. Yes. And this is probably something that we'll get into more next week. But she has sort of a 
maternal type relationship with Jack-ish. Kind of. But also sort of like an are-they-sleeping-together relationship. So I can't tell if she is supposed to be youngish. I don't think she's supposed to be youngish. Or if she's supposed to be like a parental age. because And you can't tell looking at her. Right. Because if she's supposed to be old enough to be his mom, she looks fucking amazing. Right. And if she's supposed to be young enough to potentially be a sexual peer yeah. of his, then, I mean, she's, like, Anne Margaret is too, is substantially older than Christian Bale. Sure. Who was 18 at the time of filming this. Right. And Anne Margaret would have been, like, in her late 40s? Yeah. Or early 50s? I would say she she looks like she is probably in her late 30s. Okay. I recognize that Anne Margaret was older than that. <coughs> right. But... Right. Looking at her on screen, I would pit her at probably a little bit older than you and I are. Okay. I would say probably late 30s. If this wasn't a Disney movie, uh huh, I think there would be much more hinting at like a she was his first. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie What Women Want? No. With Mel Gibson? And Helen Hunt? And Helen Hunt. I did not. I think I saw clips of it. I never saw the whole thing. At the time when I was in high school or whatever and it was out, I think it was like 1999 or something mm-hmm. like that, I really, really liked it because I thought it was funny and also it sort of was a, a fantasy to be able to hear, to read women's thoughts and stuff. Sure. Like not a, is fantasy a weird word to use? It's sort of like a, not like a sexual thing, but right. like a, like that would be a cool superpower to have. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, no, I knew, I knew what you meant. Okay. And in that, one of the things of Mel Gibson's character's backstory is that he grew up, his mom was a was an exotic dancer. Okay. So he grew up basically backstage at like a burlesque or like a strip club or whatever. Sure. Not that I'm equating those two. I know they're not, not the same, but like, I don't remember the specifics of the movie. Yeah. And so he grew up sort of viewing women. Like, it feels like that would have made him, what the movie says that it made him do was it grew, grew up sort of treating women as sort of like whatever. Like objects? Yeah, kind of like objects. You but... would think that growing up backstage in a like women's performance venue yeah you would think that he would have like would recognize them as being like strong capable individuals who are more than just their bodies because you know that the dressing room is not them sitting around talking about what perfect sexual objects they are right but i kind of get that same thing from jack where and and jack having sort of Sort of, like, even if he didn't sleep with Meta, Yeah. Maybe she was sort of like... It's sort of like a saloon He owner. certainly wanted to. He wanted to, or she, like, hooked him up with another one of the girls. Yeah. Like, kind of like a, a Miss Kitty sort of... Yeah. Sort of trope, which is perfect for, the you know, for a cowboy. But, like, yeah. there's definitely some underage shenanigans that are at least glanced at, if, yeah. not, if not directly hinted at. Most of this is not in this minute, though. I mean... I feel like a lot of it is encapsulated with hanging on your every word. Yeah, yeah. Like, it feels like almost like they dated and she got over it fine and he's still in love with her. And she's sort of just this like progressive, like, I'm this performer and whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I dated you and I know that you're still hung up on me, but like, I'm at the point of moved on that I can treat you just like a buddy. Yeah. I know, and like, I don't think we ever get these questions answered. I almost, no, we definitely don't. I don't even feel like he hasn't moved on. It almost feels like they've both moved on from whatever, almost like when they first met, there was an attraction and a sexual relationship, 
that they both quickly were like, okay, so this was fun. Yeah. But it was it was what it was. And they move on from one another. And after the fact, she starts to view, she starts to become a maternal figure, which is super weird if they had been sleeping together. But yeah. it feels like he has an appreciation for her that is not, it's not like a gross sexual appreciation. It's like an, like the way, the way that you would feel about an ex that you're still friends with. It's I almost, the, a backstory that I could almost believe is, here's 15-year-old Jack. Mm-hmm. He's, for whatever reason, found himself at Meta's, at the Irving Theater where Meta has residence. Sure. Or whatever. He's full of swagger. He's like, he thinks he's hot. Do we curse on this show? I've said fuck multiple times. Okay. <laughs> he thinks he's hot shit. And so he, like, hits on her and tries to, like, pick her up. And she's like, who is this? Yeah. Who is this child? And he's sort of always like slightly hitting on her, but they both recognize that like, it's a no from me. That's fine. I'm just going to keep on flattering the hell out of you. And so she sort of is like, he's a sweet kid. Yeah. But he's definitely like, I would have sex with her 100%. I recognize that I'm not going to. Right. But this is the banter that we have. Yeah. I would buy that. Yeah. Because I agree that part of me is just like, I don't want to imagine a world where Meta is sleeping with a 14 or 15 year old boy. I don't know about the historical accuracy of that. I'm frankly not interested in having that discussion. Right. But I can't imagine a world where she's like, all right, you're cute, but seriously, let's yeah. move on. And and he and Jack, charming, adaptable Jack is like, yep, fine. Sounds good. Yeah. Still going to hit on you. Understand that it's not going anywhere. It's, it's like it's like the freshman hitting on the grad student TA. Right. And they both recognize that it is what it is. She's not creeped out by it or uncomfortable in any way. Right. So he continues doing it and it's just the relationship that they have. Like if you excised all the gross and creepy rapey parts of 16 Candles. Yeah. And Farmer Ted and that girl were like lab partners. Yes. And she was like, and he was like, hey, hot stuff. And she's like, Ted, roll eyes, continues to drive. But also like. Takes him seriously and like. Also like like fluffs her hair a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. I would watch that movie. I would watch that movie too. There there are movies that I've watched recently where that, that relationship. Or like there are some really cool like female, like, um, what did I watch? Uh, what was the one to all the boys I loved before? And the other one was Sierra Burgess is a loser. There was a really cool female relationship in that. Okay. Where basically like the Regina George and the Katie whatever mm-hmm. were like buds, but also sort of bickering, but also were buds. It was okay. really cool. I love movies. I feel like they could remake 16 Candles and take out a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And it would be cool again. It would be better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can we step away from meta? Yeah. A little bit. Yes. And talk about David looking at Jack and saying, you having you have a way of improving the truth. David is ballsy as fuck. Yes. Because Jack could and would just decimate him if he wanted to. Right. He won't because, honestly, I think because Les is there. Agreed. D- Les is definitely saving David from being punched in the face a Basically number of Basically the whole movie? Yes. Yeah. Until Jack... Like, when they go to Brooklyn, we'll get to it eventually. But, like, then Jack takes on the role of, okay, David is... Sure. David is David. Yeah. The Once again, like, why did he call you Sullivan? Jack doesn't address it. He says, and my name's Jack Kelly. Yeah. It's, it was, it's so weird. Yeah. 
it's so like it feels like something that it's delivered upon a little bit uh, elsewhere in the movie but like it feels like there's much much more of a backstory about why is he so like why is he like that's what yeah, when we get further in, it's it's towards the end of the movie that that gets touched on again. Yeah. And at this point, I honestly can't remember if what I have, like the backstory that I have in my head is canon or if I made it up. Well, I mean, we're going to talk <laughs> so, about it, but like yeah. who's lying and who's improving the truth is a sort of not so secret theme of this movie. Yeah. Because we get the, we, another thing we get is the first iteration of the Teddy Roosevelt story. Yeah. Which is funny because... All this time, David's been like, oh, so, yo, food, huh? And he's like, oh, so I bet the mayor was who picked you up? Yeah. And uh, Jack was like, no, it was actually Teddy Roosevelt. Heard of him? Yeah. He um, gave me a ride out in his carriage. I didn't look up Teddy Roosevelt with this minute. That's Because fine. it was literally, I was about to leave to come to your house. Yeah. We will see Teddy Roosevelt again. We'll get yeah. into it. I think Teddy Roosevelt was governor when he would have picked up Jack. Yeah. Did Jack say he gave me a ride out in his carriage or on his carriage? I don't know. Because there's an important distinction. I and always imagine And I think we he... maybe got some Jack mumble mouth there yeah. that makes it a little unclear. And possibly purposefully so. Yeah. Um, and then the final note that I have is something that I have never noticed until tonight. Okay. Less for years, I have thought that he was like, so the whole time Jack and David are having this conversation, Les is doing something and David just keeps hauling him back. Yeah. He's like trying to crawl somewhere and David just keeps like grabbing him and pulling him back. Like a puppy. Yes. I have thought that he was trying to crawl under the stairs. What he's actually trying to do is shove his head into this giant plaster of Paris horse head that looks like it was left over from like... A production of Midsummer, where they turn bottom into the donkey. Yeah. I have seen this movie so many times, and this, watching it tonight, was the first time I've ever noticed exactly what it was that Les was trying to do. Interesting. There's a big giant horse head, and he wants to wear it, and David won't let him. (laughs) And it's, like, as big as he is. Like, if he were to put that thing on, it would go down to his waist. Right. And his arms would be trapped next to him. And I'm kind of mad that David didn't let it happen, because it would have been really funny. (laughs) It makes me wonder, like... Was that directed? Was right. Luke Edwards just like, I'm going to try to climb in this horse head. Right. And David Moscow's like, no, you're not. Like, no, you're not. Please yeah. stop. You're being an annoying little, like, Did, how like, much Did, like, Ortega it... be like, hey, Luke, do you see that horse head over there? Maybe you try and get into it. Yeah. Like, yeah. whose idea was it? Yeah. I want to think that it was Luke Edwards. Me too. It was probably Kenny Ortega. Probably. Or, I mean, like, another, another cool story of this would be, like, David Moscow and Luke Edwards... Like plotting out the scene and like yeah. David Moscow being like, "Hey, you see that? You see that horse head? Maybe you try and get into it, and I try and pull you out." Like, yeah. I think that'd be really cool too. Or like Christian Bale being like, "Hey, Luke. <laughs> hey, Luke, come here, love." What? No. You know his Cockney accent. Uh huh. Um, and then pointing it out and being like, sort of like giving him something. Like, it, it really, what it really hinges on is how much of a pro was Luke Edwards. Right. And I think from what we from what we learned from his bio, I mean, he'd been in a number of things. Yeah. So maybe he was just fine figure finding that horse head and doing it. Yep. Trying to get into making up his own stage business. There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, horsing around. It's, we're still at the point in the movie where I have to constantly remind myself as we are doing this podcast 
that David Moscow and David Jacobs are not the same person. Right. David Moscow is probably a delightful individual who is not nearly as annoying as David Jacobs. But he plays David Jacobs just really well. Yeah. Because it makes me not... Like, he's not likable at this point in the movie. Right. And he's, like, annoying. And, like, you immediately... Like, Jack is so clearly charismatic. Yeah. And, like, you like Jack from the very beginning. Right. And so when this other character comes in and he's immediately antagonizing towards him, even though, honestly, Jack is kind of in the wrong most of the time. Yes. But he does it in such a charming way that you're like, man, David, just lighten up, dude. It's like in like an 80s movie. Like the only one that I can think of is like a Michael Keaton, like Mr. Mom or Gung Ho or whatever, where he has an established routine that we see. Right. Someone, some interloper comes along with like the rule book and is like, uh, technically you're not allowed to take a break right now. And you're, and the audience is like, hey, Mr. Sullivan lay off him we've seen that on his break he calls his kid or something yeah where it's like yeah technically that's against the rules but we've all as an audience agreed that it's fine that he does that yeah but if it was that embodied as a character and named jack kelly like yeah we're like jack plays by his own rules he does his own stuff he doesn't really like authority and he sort of finate you know embellishes the truth and whatever sure and david's coming along being like hey stop it stop it you need to tell the truth and you need to be better. And we're all yeah. like, shut up, David. Well, and like David has probably been raised to be a good boy right. who follows the rules, listens, goes to school. He was on track to be somebody. And now he's having to work this menial job right. that he's quite frankly, well overqualified for while still being woefully underqualified for it. Right. And, like, I get why he is the way he is. Yeah. I wonder if he serves the purpose of making Jack more likable. Oh, I think he definitely you think does. think he's, he's there as a foil for yeah. Jack. So that we're, even if we were on the fence a little bit, we're like, well, at least he's not David. Yeah. yeah. I do wonder if Jack were not as good looking as he is, mm-hmm. I wonder how likable he would be. Mm, interesting. Like, part of Jack's charm is that, 18-year-old Christian Bale was just very, very good-looking. I agree. Um, And if they had cast somebody slightly less, I guess, classically good-looking, would it have had the same effect? You know, Christian, 18-year-old Christian Bale in Newsies specifically feels like they took Disney Robin Hood and made it into a human again. Yeah, that's why he's so appealing. Because that is why our entire generation of girls is in love with Jack Kelly because we were also in love with that animated fox. Yeah. He has the like nose and like the the sly eyes. And I say stuff. generation of girls. It's not just girls. No, it's not. I'm just. I, I can recognize. I'm the, just speaking from personal yeah. experience here. <laughs> generation of girls named Darren. Yes. No, I have so many friends who yeah. were like, "Oh yeah, that fox. Heck yeah." I mean, the, I'd I, fuck that fox. Robin Hood and Maid Marian, who look literally the same, only one's wearing a dress. Maid Marian's hot as hell, too. So, uh-huh. like... Yeah, no, I get it. They're, they're both very attractive. Yeah. No, that's a very good point. Robin Hood, the fox, is very, very similar to Jack Kelly in character and appearance. And, and yeah, I was going to thank you, character, too, because yeah. it's, very, it's a very Robin Hood appeal, too. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, he's a criminal... He's a liar, 
but he has a heart of gold, so he's uh-huh. fine. Yeah. Whereas Warden Snyder... Warden oh, Snyder is the Sheriff of Nottingham. Absolutely he is. There really isn't a David character in Robin Hood. He's not Little John. He's somewhere in between Little John and Will Scarlet. Will Scarlet wasn't in the... Will Disney Scarlet movie. wasn't in the animated one. Yeah. Um, In Prince of Thieves, if we may... Which we may because it's our damn podcast. So yeah. Back off, listener. Way to get really antagonistic <laughs> towards the people who are so supportive and loving of us. Um, Christian Slater's performance of Will Scarlet in Prince of Thieves is very David in Newsies. Okay. It's like, I'm mad at you because of who I am and who you are. So deal with that. I mean, Will Scarlet's stuff, he has some baggage, but sure. like, David, it feels like uh, we talked about it in the first, in the first week. Or the second week. Whenever we made David, it was like, he, why is he already giving him grief? He has literally not met this kid yet. Yeah. And is already like, what are you doing? Yeah. Feels like if there was a Will Scarlet character in Disney's Robin Hood, we would be like, oh, and David is, of course, the otter Will Scarlet. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you would like to weigh in on what you think the nature of Jack and Meta's relationship might be, yes. you can tweet at us at Newsies Minute, or individually, I can be found on Twitter at Unabashedly Aaron. And I can be found at Unabashed James. If you are enjoying what you've heard from us so far and you would like to financially support the show, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Aaron and James. That's your one-stop shop for stuff that we do. We set it up like that because... When this is over, we're going to do a next thing, and we don't want to be like, okay, we're rebranding it again to be whatever. So Yeah. Yeah. uh, That's going to do it for the week. Happy Friday. Yeah. And until next week. Soak them for crutchy. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.